Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. on everybody to episode 464 of flow wrestling radio live i'm your host christian piles joined today and yesterday can i hear ben kyle um this is just going to be a thing we do where we don't you can't hear ben again there he is okay there There he is all right that is a fun start to every show what's up man how you doing Listen, I've I've been I've been thinking more about the incident that I talked about yesterday. I think it solves so many problems, and we just happened happened to stumble upon it. Can we talk about it for a second? You think it solves a lot of problems? I think it may create some. So, in case you're wondering what instant death is, no, Ben Askren is not advocating for no, capital no. punishment. He wants if a guy gets over th- gets three minutes or four minutes two, of riding no, four two two he gets the mo- the second he hits four minutes. The match is over. You automatically lose. You could be down fourteen to nothing, but this guy gets four minutes of riding time. It's Christian, over. Christian, What's up? how are you going to be? How are you possibly down fourteen to nothing and be on top for four minutes? That is literally impossible. I, you know, you say that, Ben. I watched a match, and if I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes, I wouldn't believe it. I but watched... they could only be on top once, which is a, a, a total of two minutes. Okay, well, fourteen, Ben. Which is, there's it's a lot of ways you can be down fourteen nothing. You it could be on a variety of reasons. That's, but you missing. have to be on top for a long period of time, and you have to not be on bottom for a long period of time. Yes, just forget I said that, Ben. You're totally derailing it unnecessarily. I well, watched you I watched Chris Dardanes give okay. up riding time once while majoring someone. That happened. He gave up like several minutes of riding time to Mike Nevinger, and he he majored him. It was the it was one of the weirdest matches I ever saw in my life. But keep yeah. going. You want it? Okay. You want this. Well. Yeah, well, so first of all, it's insta, not instant, insta death. One okay. word. It's like the gram. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I think, okay. So I think, I think the most boring thing in wrestling, and this is probably where people really start complaining about top, is those matches, they're like four points, or once you get over the major, say like nine or 10 points. And you know the guy's probably not going to tech him or not get to the major. And the guy on bottom is just trying not to give up that next point. And therefore, that is when the most boring riding happens. When it is a fairly uneven match, yet the top guy can't pin the bottom guy. The bottom guy is just trying to stall it out. So I would say that would be like what the number one problem is. Do do you agree or disagree on that? I agree with that completely. Okay. And so this would then give someone uh, and the the crowd something to cheer for. And, you know, the bottom guy would would be de-incentivized from not trying to get turned 
because he could also lose by insta death. Yeah. So like, say it gets to three fifteen, he's gonna try getting some escapes in the process of escapes. He might get pinned, right? Yes. Yes. I, I actually, it's, it's it's a pretty loony idea, but it actually is kind of genius. I think we should. Yeah. Have it. Four minutes. So then, oh my okay, gosh, that's a okay, lot. Maybe, maybe that's a lot. Maybe of time. three and a half. I'm not. I'm not set on the time. It could be three, three and a half, four, somewhere in there. I think it's gotta be. It's gotta be a lot. So then, the, also here, Christian. People will be de-incentivized to choose bottom. So say I get a takedown the first period. I got two minutes, 20 seconds. The writing time is my choice. Am I going to choose bottom and let the guy click the t- uh, talk, tick the clock down? No, right? I'm going to choose neutral. Try to get my takedown, build my time up. So say now I build up to three minutes and 20 seconds. Is that guy going to choose bottom in the third period? No. No. He ain't going to choose bottom, right? Can't roll the dice and there. Some of the most annoying ones are, are the bot- the most annoying bottom choices are when the one guy's got ridden forever, but he's losing by like five points. And he, you know he's just choosing bottom because the other guy won't ride him out because he needs to cut him and give her takedowns. And so it's like the most annoying bottom choice, right? Yes. So that bottom choice will no, no longer happen. So you, you, well, you're pulling out a whole bunch of things that annoy us about wrestling, and you're making, them, uh, you're making it a lot of fun. I, I, yeah, I think another way for match termination is great. I think we should – man. Yeah. Can you imagine the crowd chanting "Insta Death, Insta Death," <laughs> or them them counting down a, a countdown? Yes, that yes. would be sick. Um, okay, yeah, this this should probably happen. This should probably it could happen. happen. I don't know if I, don't I mean, wanna, okay. you have any sway here with the NCAA? Yeah, Bracky, what do you think? Yeah, you, you poke some holes, poke some holes for us. It's unpokeable. It's perfect. It's flawless. <laughs> Stop. It has we to need happen. Someone- Someone on Facebook pokes some holes for God's oh, four, sake. Four minutes of it. I mean, that's that could be that's a it's, tough watch. Is, is that too much? Three, how about three and a half? I think three. Three minutes. Three? Which is okay. a pretty routine I, amount of time to to see. And it's not uncommon yeah. to see three minutes of riding time. But, but I think it's got to be a little closer and more attainable. It's so far out. Four minutes is so long. I mean, that's like you start like kind of like chuckling when someone hits that riding time threshold right it shouldn't be laughable i'll give you a guy that hits it all the time evan wick right he is he's uber dominant on top and but he really only does two turns and everybody knows those two turns and they stall their butts off every single time on him and it's like if there is some force to make them move well he's probably gonna get a turn there's a good chance of that right but because they could just sit there and stall he he doesn't get the turns now, I've, I've recommended that he cuts the guy a little more often, but he doesn't like to do that, right? And yeah. so, again, if we're, if we're in a D, we want to de-incentivize stalling on the bottom because as much as we complain about the top guy, a lot of it's the bottom person, right? If the bottom person was making a, a really good concerted effort, then the top wrestling is not all that boring. Every once in a while, but most of the time, most of the really boring parts happen because the guy on bottom is no longer competitive in the match, and they're just trying not to give up more points. Yeah. And if, if your yeah. only goal is to not get turned, in a lot of cases, that's the level yeah. you're at. It's a pretty attainable goal to reach. So if you know your uh, your very life is at risk, you'll you'll, get, very, you'll yes. get moving. Um, okay, incident. Another thing we kind of the the map forums. You, you sent me some screenshots. It may not be <laughs> uh, completely legal to put the brackets however you want based on on what you sent us, Ben. Yes. What, what are your yes. thoughts on that? Um, I, I didn't feel it didn't feel legal when he said it. It, yeah. it felt like it felt like ah, I'm not, so, I'm not so sure about that. You know, it's like 
when you play in a game of uh, a pickup game of something and your buddy does something, you're like, that's, that's got to be against the rules. And they're like, no, no, totally legal. And you're like, well, I don't know the rule. I don't know the rules exactly. So I can't tell you it's illegal. It just doesn't feel right. And so, so people, what was the rule that it was the tournament rule? I mean, the, the one that it, here's what it says. Tournaments yeah, may use yeah, alternate methods for assigning buys in the first round of a tournament. As long as buys and or resulting first round pigtail matches are distributed randomly and no institution is unfairly helped or harmed by the resulting assignment. And and Dresser pretty much said, I put a first round match to help my guy get four matches. I mean, literally, that was the words out of his mouth. We don't have to assume what he was doing at all. Uh -huh. yeah. So, yeah, it sure sounds like it. Were they unfairly helped? They were helped. But it says unfairly helped. What does that mean? Well, unfair would I, I would assume meaning that they put the person there, right? Unfairly is that his coaches were the tournament directors and bracket creators. And the, the bracket creators admitted to making the bracket in a certain format as to such uh, he could get four matches. And part of the thing he was also saying was like this happens at – you know, everyone, everywhere where they have a tournament, maybe not. And that was another argument he was kind of making. Like everyone does this to a degree and he just like extended it out to the most extreme degree, which perhaps is, is why he finds yeah. himself in this, in this position uh, that he's in. But it is interesting that there is some sort of uh, language about that. Now, whether or not the, anyone is going to do anything about that re remains to be seen. And I seriously doubt anything's going to, come of it other than maybe we get some rule changes down the line which maybe are are completely completely necessary yeah i mean yeah i <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't want to throw this man on the bus too much but sure sounds like the guy broke a rule or two yeah maybe maybe so but uh we'll see we'll see what happens it was it was interesting i'm still really pumped that he came on because it was it made yeah. for uh fun radio i thought yeah, okay. and we we got to hear exactly what he thought, which was great. Yeah, we we know where he stands on everything now, which is which is definitely important. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, now there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm uh oh, I don't know if uh, the Kirk Fleet thing if it has any sort of finality yet. Um, it, it seems to be gaining some steam. It's, it it's seems to be some gaining momentum. steam. Yeah, it really is. Like I thought. When you first brought it up again, I think a week ago, I thought, Christian, what are you talking about? It's just, it, there's no way it's going to happen, Christian. I know you're like you're just grasping here, and now it's like, damn, I'm feeling like it's going to happen. I don't know how many. Kale is a wizard. I don't know how he made it happen, but he made it happen. He is. He is. Kyle <laughs> Bracky is absolutely apoplectic. He is apoplectic about this. I I just don't see how this can happen. How you can be at one school, and then you wrestle for the, another school in your same damn conference in the postseason. And he did. And he was in. We saw pictures. He was in Minnesota. He wasn't taking classes in November. Well, who's to say what he's doing in his spare time? I mean, if it's online, I know we we didn't maybe do the online thing at our age, Ben. But now you you don't even have to go in a classroom. You think Tom Ryan put all of his freshmen in all online classes? No, but maybe you. Who knows how it works? Maybe you're in class, and then, like, if you're leaving the school or whatever, you can, like, switch them all over to the online version. I don't know. This is one of those right here. This is this is one of those, uh, Christian, where it's like, you know, like, I, I can't tell you you're wrong, 
but it feels like it. So it's like, you're telling me this man was in Minnesota while he was doing all of his work for the Ohio State University. Like, I don't know, that, that does, doesn't feel right. There's something wrong about that. Maybe he was. Maybe you're right, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I don't know. Or or maybe you don't have to complete your first semester classes. Yeah. I, I'm not a I'm certainly not an NCAA rules expert, especially now as the transfer rules are ever evolving and becoming more athlete friendly. We're seeing that they're getting more years. They're getting less uh, restrictive when they do yep. want to transfer. And especially with Ohio State uh, apparently just giving the, the release, it's just one less hurdle for, for them to clear. So I don't – I seem to remember, though, with, with Suriano, uh, when he transferred from Penn State to Rutgers, Penn State gave him the, the release or whatever thing as well, similar to yes. what Ohio State did. But they thought it would be the Big Ten that hung up. Soriano wrestling right away and yeah. they didn't but then this is so this is different because it's literally the same season it's not like okay he's transferring it's like he's transferring in the middle of the year so I don't yeah. know if that is why, why would Ohio State give him a full release like they just want to be done yeah. with it well I don't maybe know. it's for a player to be named later <laughs> that's true uh, I mean uh, they don't have a 25 to give, so I don't know. They're just <laughs> – they don't have a 25 qualifier between them probably. Um, well, maybe this is like two years. You know? He's like, hey, you know, this is for a uh, 2022 number one draft pick. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Kale would be happy to acquiesce a, uh, a number one recruit. Um, I, I – what's interesting to me is the Neville's dynamic. I mean, he's had – Oh, my god. He had Nick – for all those years, and then Kassar, they bump up Kassar, and he's out of the lineup. Uh, and then Seth's coming. Oh, well, AJ transfers to Fresno. And then Seth's coming. And they pull him out of redshirt when Kassar goes down. If they pull him out of redshirt and then insert uh, Kirkfleet, who is ultimately going to take Seth's spot anyways, they're not only taking him out of the lineup for this year, but they're costing him a year of eligibility. All So it's it's kind of a – they and, they already re- replaced him for the future. So I you can't imagine Seth's going to – I mean, he, he won't start unless he transfers somewhere else. Whether he wants to transfer yeah. or not will be, be up to him. But he's he's in a bad spot right now too. If this happens, which we don't know, but it seems to be um, swirling momentum behind the yeah. notion that it's going to happen. Yes, and absolutely. The, and the question becomes, you know, how this impacts the team race, right? Like – they go from a guy that's maybe a fringe All-American. You're not ready to go there. You know, the current well, team, that, you're, team score. You're being very generous saying a fringe All-American. He just he just lost to Gas State Gary last week. Uh, I beg your pardon, sir. What? Gaston, Gaston I called Gary. that. That was my Tuesday headline. That's a great Tuesday headline. Man, he's, he shut it down. He made Bryce Jordan Center his his own personal gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, my point, I guess, is, you know, if they get a 15-point bump, from there, it's still, you know, Iowa's coming in at 140 points, basically. Penn State's at 80. So they're still going to need so much help. But a two, lot. They're going to need two to three guys from Iowa to really, really struggle. But who knows? I mean. What is Aaron Brooks ranked up for you guys right now? I'm, I'm, I'm getting getting there. I'm just not there quite there yet. Yeah. Uh, he is. Ninth? Uh, eighth? Yeah. He's like. <clears throat> ooh, sort six, of, he's six on flow. On flow, he's six, six right now. Yeah, that could well, be. I mean, that could be a big jump in points right there. Yeah, that could be like eight points right there. You know, what yes. if Verclaren does something crazy? He's kind of been coming along the last little bit. 
you know. Yeah, he just beat uh he beat the kid from American that was ranked in the top ten. I'm still not ready to give up on Shakur Rashid either at 197. I mean, I I know. Oh my God, Christian, are you talking us into the Penn State comeback? Well, I'm I'm the only one that's been like not ready to bury them completely. You guys have been ready Dude, to cancel Christian, it and move on to 2021. What, Christian? If if you call this, if, if like you've been beating this drum, and if somehow Penn State <laughs> comes back and wins, you're you're an effing oracle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are like an oracle. They we go over every week. I mean, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it right now. We go every week. It's like 66 points, 67 points. Let's see exactly team tournament. They are down on your. Oh, we're down to 59 and a half. 59 and a half. I mean, come on, man. Man, what what would you really, honestly, Ben? Wow. What would you set the line at for for point differential here? If if you're in your heart of hearts. Do you believe that even okay. right now, do you believe that the point differential is really 60 points? No. So, um, okay, so the point differential is, you know, you want to make people bet on it, right? So you got to yes. give them something reasonable. So if you go too low, obviously everyone's going to bet Penn State. Uh, I'm sorry, if you go too low, everyone's going to bet Iowa. If you mm-hmm. go too high, you know, at, si- at 60 points, all the money's coming in on Penn State. I mean, if I said sure. Iowa minus 20, you're you're – where where are you going? Where are you throwing your money? I'm probably betting Iowa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think would. so. But I mean, yeah. So if you said if you said Penn State plus sixty, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going Penn State, obviously, right? Plus fifty, I'm probably still going Penn State. But you know, so I, I think probably the line is probably somewhere in the thirties. So that you're taking, you're talking. There's got to be two gigantic swings right now, right? And so I guess Kirklevit would be another up up to twenty points. I don't think he beat the the best guys but up to 20 yeah uh brooks could be another big one I, I guess shakur i mean yeah i mean no one at 97 is all that impressive compared to anyone else i mean patrick brookie just lost another match left. who do you lose to this week jordan pagano recall. former ironically yeah. formerly of penn state mm-hmm. him and shakur were like roommates jordan, jordan pagano was yeah oh wow i didn't realize that mm-hmm yeah so it's I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should give up on Shakur, but I'm not going to, given the weight. And all he has to do is throw a couple weekends together, and he's in, he's in the mix. I'm not sure how how he's set for for qualification. If he's got to steal a spot or whatever, he's been wrestling no. more consistently. I mean, he's only yeah, got like, whoa. Well, he did, he didn't wrestle. You're right. He didn't wrestle at Scuffle. So he can't he's have five and four. Right? He's five and four right now. Yeah, he's gonna need to steal a spot. Yeah. Lucas Davidson, Schultz, Warner. I mean, all of his losses are good, though. Davidson, yep. Schultz, Warner, Colin Moore. Those are all and good And Davidson losses. was a pretty close match. It was, and, that, and that was his second match back. So his only good win his only good win is Pagano, though. Yes, Pagano, who just beat Brucky. So where's he getting a seed at Big Tens? He's going to be way low, right? Our Big Ten seeding article hasn't hasn't come out yet. Uh, if we More that take- way if we took take a look, excuse me, at um, the Big well, it's Ten Colin Moore one, Warner two, probably Schultz three, or Schultz beat Warner, so Schultz is going to be two probably. Yep, Warner so, three, Bruner four, Davison five, Shakur six, because Picano is currently seventh. So if he's the six, yeah. six three, that means a Warner quarterfinal. Oh, that wasn't that match wasn't so pretty. Wasn't pretty. Maybe he was never close to scoring. Never. 
Yeah, um, he's never close. That's to the, the thing. Leg. Neutral is where Shakur is, seems to well, and top. He's not really been able to ride guys the way he has, but hasn't been able to get the takedowns. But we know it's there, right? At least it's been there. If yep. it's if it's still there, it re- remains to be seen. But yeah, he's a guy I'm just not ready to give up on in that weight class, right? Yeah, Berkler is the one that's really coming around for him. I mean, he I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I kind of just, you know, was I, I said all year up to maybe a few weeks ago, this is a this is a weight where they're going to get two points, three points. And, you know, he's really impressed me with the, with the way he wrestled Sasso, with the way he wrestled Brayton Lee. Um, he just had the big win last weekend against the American guy. I, I don't know how to say his name, so I don't, I don't want to mess it up. Kizan. Kizan Clark. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, had the win over Cole Martin. Uh, so I mean, the only match he really looked bad in was the Patrick Lugo match, and you know Lugo has obviously been looking really good. Amazing. Uh, the, yeah, the Purinton match was not good either when he got non-controlled. Oh, falls. yep. Um, You're right. Yeah, it's it's a 149 is interesting, interesting weight, and you know there was talking. You know, maybe he sneaks on the podium at that weight class. Kolodzik obviously adds an additional barrier there, just like another really yeah. good guy that makes it tougher for him to get on there from before. But you look at the six, seven, eight range, Bulu Allen, Brayton Lee, Henry Pohlmeyer, then Max Thompson and Degen, nine and ten. So this is kind of a really deep weight. I mean, Kanan Store eleven, Brock Zacherl twelve. And then yeah. your guy Cole Martin at thirteen. So there's a lot of pretty pretty dang tough guys there. Yeah, that that uh I mean really one once you hit what six I mean, Boo hasn't been super consistent. Uh, no. He just—he didn't. Yeah. He didn't say he didn't have any fight on Saturday. Um, yeah, I guess. But man, Brayton Lee has looked good though. But you know, Verclair was was winning going in third period. So yeah, I get. I could. I could see Verclair winning a couple of these matches for sure. Yep. There still have to. There's no room for error with with Penn State, obviously. Yeah. I mean, Austin mm-hmm. DeSantis, uh, Roman's currently earning fourth place points nationally. There's a, I think there's an opportunity for him to be higher, right? You guys Obviously. have Roman Bravo Young ranked below DeSantis? <laughs> yeah. Injury not de- this whole thing again. Yeah, not again. Uh, injury defaults. You know where we stand on that and have forever, but became a thing when it hurt a Penn State guy. So, yeah, that happens. So yeah. All right, next topic. People people get sick of us talking about Penn State stuff. Yeah, whatever. They love it. Okay. <laughs> what what happened? Why are um one thing I'm, I'm kind of annoyed about this is and I think maybe the community's mostly behind the the NCA venue, but apparently yesterday it was like lines were drawn and people were upset about the um the football stadium for NCAs. I think it's freaking great. I'm really pumped about it. I think you know what? Every couple of years, try something. They complain when there's not enough space, not enough tickets. So, okay, let's try something. See if it works. Uh, I think the the attitudes are really disappointingly negative. I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a really cool thing. And yeah, there are seats. I mean, there's seats in every major sporting venue where you can't. See. I mean, a football game. Honestly, football games are crazy. You have no idea what's going on if you don't have good seats there. It's like you're literally watching you're literally watching the TV while you just happen to be in the same room where the game's being played. You don't know when they do play action, you don't know how it has the ball. So I, I think 
I think it's great. And part of the experience is just that you're there and you're contributing to the noise, and it's gonna be fun. And I I think you're gonna be able to see pretty well. Yeah, some of these calling uh, me optimistic. I mean, I agree. I I would just be in the middle, like, okay, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Like maybe we can't see that well, and then maybe we just redesign it for a different time. But worst case scenario. Uh, it's hey, we don't see a few matches that well. We watch on the jumbotron, and then we say, okay, maybe that wasn't so great, and we do it again some other time in, in a different setup. But yeah, some some people, I don't know if you realize this about people yet, Christian. Oh, some people, the only thing they like to do in life is bitch. They're so miserable that all they want to do is complain about something. Yeah, and so you know, so, and it doesn't it doesn't bug me anymore. But some people were saying like. They were getting mad. Well, last year they were complaining it's too small. This year they're complaining it's too big. Like they people, yeah, yeah. Some people they're so miserable, all they want to do is bitch and complain about how something's wrong. Yeah, that's all they want to do. I know, I know. Well, so I'm freaking pumped. NCA is three weeks away. I know. Let's exactly. do that, really, from I... today. Like we're two hours from three weeks. We'll be starting wrestling. Do you have like some counter on your computer or something? <laughs> well, no, it's Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Yeah, I know. I know. So. Two hours and four, two hours and twenty-one minutes from three weeks. And speaking of, at, at eleven o'clock, we'll begin the pigtail round. I need to know where you stand on the pigtails and the fact that they have thirty-three, not thirty-two so people. Dumb. What the heck? Who came up with that? Who said, you know what, thirty-two? I think we're leaving some pretty tough guys at home. Let's throw in an extra well, random round. Well, you know, with that, but it wasn't always thirty-three, obviously, right? Right. Okay, so it was like I mean my fresh my freshman year, my bracket was twenty nine. I actually had a first round bye. Really? Um, yeah, and then one year it was like thirty six. You know, and I had the pigtail match. Um, so oh, I think I my, my senior year, I, a history lesson. yeah, my senior year I had a pigtail match. So yeah, it, it was right it, historically your conference like the Big Ten conference got I'm sorry the Big Twelve got thirty seven qualifiers. Top three at every weight goes, and then they can vote in their seven. So you might have two at 174, and you might have zero at 149. And so these brackets range, say, from 28 to 36, um, because at 330 was the number. Now, how did they settle on 330? I, I don't know. That It is ridiculous, right? I think the qualification system is much better than it was then. Mm-hmm. I think the way they do it is great, and I think the extra person in your bracket is really silly. I, I don't know why it's done that way. All right, let's get it out of there. So we're, we're going to have some – a couple with Big Tens. We're going to have a couple really interesting seating scenarios, Ben. Because Uh-oh. we have the classic really good guy didn't wrestle matches scenario with Sebastian Rivera. He basically has one, I think one win. One Big Ten win. One Big Ten win, right? Everyone and their brother thinks this guy can win a national title. Everyone thinks he can mm-hmm. win Big Tens, right? Yet... We're in this weird scenario where, by process, he is like the 12. And I so... Was, I thought it was the 11. Wasn't it the 11? Well, no, Nomad did this. No, Nomad did this when you were gone. And I first, I thought, this is outrageous. And then by the time he talked, he talked me into, I think it was the 11. What, well, right, wasn't that, Kyle? So we had, a couple, yeah. we had a couple phone calls with the Wrestling Nomad, the foremost expert in the nation on all things seating. <laughs> um, and... Basically, he was like, I think it'll be 11 because he should have to go through the 3, 2, and 1. I'm like, well, I don't think that's a really – that's not exactly a seeding rationale. He's like, it could be the 12. Yeah. Like, by process, he thinks it could be the 12 because I don't know how he gets in front of Garrett Peppel. Um, his only win is – Sebastian's only Big Ten win is over King Sandoval, I believe. Mm-hmm. So 
I feel yeah. like by process, maybe he's the 12. And the 12 makes sense because from a bracket yes. building standpoint, because that would put him and Seth on one side, DeSanto and RBY on the other side. And that just makes sense, right? So, But, but now you're going, hold on, but now you're going uh, Kevin Dresser logic where you just get to build the bracket however you play. No, no. I mean, seating wise, right? But wait, hold on, before you build the bracket, you should just look. Okay, here's one through 14. I'm just going to put these guys where they should fall, right? What? Where they should fall, if if you think he should be the four seed, that's just completely your opinion. It has to be rooted in objective data. Well, I'm saying 11, if he's supposed to be the 11, we can't just move him down to the 12 to make him on the opposite side of the I bracket. think he's supposed to be the 12. Nomad wanted you to move him. You think so? Okay. Yes. Nomad wanted to move him to the 11 so that his path was harder because he thinks that would be like just or something for missing the whole season. I don't think that's a re- rationale to put him at the 11. I think he's earned the 12. Uh, I think he should be behind – Pebble, personally. So do we, do we have the list silver. of all, all the Big Ten? Is it, is it, can I find the list of all the Big Ten? 133 is on yeah. there somewhere? Look in the dock and scroll down a little bit, and you'll oh, see. Oh, my bad. You'll see it. No, okay. you're good. I was kind of all I was on the in website. there. So yeah. I think for that reason, he should be the 12. And I think it just so happens to coincide with what we would believe is the ideal bracket as well. Yeah. Garrett pebble has been see. in the streets. He has a better Big Ten win, I believe. So. I don't know. I think why? I think why oh, tough. why is he six on? Who who put him at six? Well, okay. Don't it's worry about that. Thing. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> that, that how did the... Joey Silva get? How did Joey Silva get an eleven? Joey Silva got beat two Peppel. wins or something. He beat Pepple. Listen, he did. He can't help is it. Is the... can he is wrestle the at Big really Ten? I think. Well, is he, he allowed to go on the road? Here's the situation. They they are kind of keeping <laughs> Joey at home, right? Which I. <laughs> You know what? That's fine. They weren't letting him travel as much. So that really... At all. At all. <laughs> Technically at all. Um, they're not going to move Big Tens to Ann Arbor, unfortunately. So Is he on house arrest? Is he on house arrest? Can't leave the state No, of- he's not on house arrest. It's just like a... Do we, do we know that? Yes, I know that he is not on house arrest. <laughs> um, I just think it's... that Yeah, some sort of... like I don't know if it's a Michigan rule or whatever, but anyways, he wasn't able to travel. But he'll be able to travel to Big Tens. Um, I guess and are we certain are we certain on that one or no that, we're that not they would not start him they would start Assad uh, <laughs> acid however he says his name um acid that's how he says it if if they weren't if he wouldn't be able to travel so he'll be able to travel and he'll be the guy allegedly and he'll probably he'll probably make the finals <laughs> dude how about wow. Jordan Decatur is the 14 seed I'm there's only 14 at, look- wrestlers I'm on his wrestle stat right now, and I, cause I didn't believe that he was that bad. But yeah, he lost. He lost to King Sandoval. His only wins are over Jake Gliva and, and Dylan Utterbach. Uh, his only Big Ten wins are like, over those two guys who aren't. Um, starters. They're not going to be the starters. Oh, and sorry, Jordan Hamden also, who's also not going to be the starter. So he's got all the wins are over non-starters. Do you think he should be punished for that? Because it's not his fault they didn't start the right guy. Uh, I he's had opportunities to beat guys and didn't do it. Yeah, so I don't think so. That is an interesting thing where you can like kind of block a guy's seed improvement. For, but at the same time, most of these guys have opportunities somewhere along the line. You know, he got yeah. he wrestled had, Alvarez. He wrestled Gross. He wrestled Piotrowski. He wrestled DeSanto. He wrestled King Sandwell. Wrestled Ridge Lovett. Wrestled yeah. RBY. Yeah. Well, Not the, the hard one there is, I mean. The hard one there is Ridge is not sorry Ridge, it's King Sandoval that he lost to because if he didn't lose to King Sandoval, 
I think you can make an argument for him to go fairly high because of those guys you listed, that's like the top what, seven. One, two, three. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, no question. Like Boo Dryden sits at the nine right now, or yeah. nine, or eight or nine, and you know he didn't get to wrestle him because because they wrestled Gleva. That was like the last time we didn't see Dryden for for Minnesota. Yeah. So, so, so should should he be punished for that? I mean, it feels like he's being punished for that, and it's not really his fault. He's being punished for losing to King Sandoval, Ben. That's what he's getting punished I, for. I understand, but and he did every beat other the Minnesota Big Ten guy. match that he wrestled. What? No, he won. He won three. I just named it. He won Minnesota. Dang it! Now I'm not on his profile. He won three matches. It was Minnesota. It was Michigan State, and who's the other one I mentioned? Someone. I don't know. But Rockers. you got to compare him against the guys who are in the field. I'm I'm looking at uh, Boo Dryden right now. So Boo Dryden's only Wisconsin <clears throat> win is Travis Ford Melton. Yeah, he even got he got 15-0'd by Kyle Berwick, who's the backup at Wisconsin. Well, Dryden did. Yeah, fit, lost 15-0 at at uh, the Grandview Open. Okay. Well. Yeah, and so is Travis Travis Ford Melton? Is he starting at the Big Tens? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So I guess that's. That helps Boo Dryden, and that's why he's there. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like it feels like Jordan Decatur should not be that low, but yeah, I, I see to your guys' point that he's probably going to end up that low. Yeah, it's just gonna. That's kind of the the bet he made. He's got to lay in it. Another, um, the most interesting thing will be if they pull, if they do enact Kirkfleet, where he would sit in that bracket would be really interesting because he has been wrestling. Um, he wrestled at what open did he wrestle at? Um, Matt Town. Matt Town. He beat Pelusi from Franklin Marshall, who's an NCAA qualifier. He's obviously undefeated on the year, nine and zero. No Big Ten wins, other than Gavin Hoffman, who's not the starter. He beat him twenty-one to nine. He beat Luis Fernandez six. Also four. an eighty-four pounder. Also an eighty-four pounder, but not anymore. <laughs> They're letting Gavin Gavin eat. So. Yeah, so he's nine and zero. I think he he would get. We were looking at the the basement of the Big Ten heavyweight rankings, where it's a pretty bleak affair down at the bottom. It is. It's an underground bunker. It really is. It's really a nuclear shelter. Let's pull up these names. So the the Maryland guy is one and twenty one. I can't hear Ben anymore, Kyle. Uh, the Big Ten guy is is one and twenty, or the Maryland guy, excuse me, Parker Robinson. Then Jack Hayob. Is like he also has one win, and his one win is over uh, Robinson. So he, he could go pretty high up in here, but I think he's probably gonna be like the 12 seed, which would put him, you know, against Jensen in a quarter or a pre quarter, and then maybe Hilger. So, and then a Gable semi potentially. So I don't know where we'll see Kirkley if he is ultimately their guy at Big Tens, but if so, he makes it really, really interesting. Yeah, can you hear him? No. We lost Ben there, Kyle. Hey, restart your VMix. Kyle and I will take it take it from here, Ben. Okay. He can honestly probably go higher. You think? Jay Climola is like 10 and 14 on the year. Back? Yeah, you're back, buddy. All right. Jeez, Louise, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, uh, it's a coronavirus. <laughs> Hey, so I, I can't find on the dock. I can't find the heavyweight uh, one through fourteen. Again, we don't. It's not. It's Nomad's not, out not yet. there yet. Uh, yeah. So we're just looking at the Big Ten rankings. Don't rush his creative process. 
All right. Fair Here, enough. I'll I'll uh, insert the I'll insert the the rankings right now. I think cool. you could go ahead of uh, Kamola from Indiana and fit in right behind Rebatero from Michigan State, who has a winning record and has some Big Ten wins. So what seed would that be? That'd be the eleven. The eleven. So that'd be bottom side. So or no, the, he'd he'd be the twelve. He'd be the twelve. So that's top side with. Gable and uh, Hilger and Jensen. Out, yeah. yeah. So it's get, it's going to go 2-3. So Mason Paris is 2-3 is Cassiopeia. I'd prefer him to be on the 2-3 side. Actually, what might I think Mason should be the one. Gable should be the, the two. Well, they're both undefeated, right? So you're just saying because he's got more wins or more dominant wins. He was there. Because he wrestled in the duel. He and... wrestled in the duel and Gable didn't. Mm, and he's wrestled all year long. He's beaten better guys, uh, or yeah. more good guys, maybe not better guys. They both share the same good win over Cassiope. I think Mason should be the one. I don't know if they'll do it, but I think he's earned the right to be opposite uh, Gable for sure, and then also Cassiope personally. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they I mean, do that. Damn, yeah. Paris has a hell of a resume this year. I mean, th- three wins over Stencil. Uh, he has Cassiope. He's got Hilger and, and David Jensen, a whole bunch of other guys. That I think it's a good looking resume. Tanner Hall. There's an argument going on at the Flow Sports HQ, and it's basically oh. can Mason beat Gable? And there's starting to be factions being built out. Some people are Team Mason. Some people are Team Gable. Kyle Bracky and I are still still Team Gable. I still think, and Kyle, I think, still thinks mm-hmm. it's Gable's to win. And I think it's a great matchup for Gable. But Mike Mao is like, I'm kind of coming around. I kind of think it's going to be Mason. So I'm curious what you think, Ben. Yeah, um, I got to be Team Gable till till we see um, till we see otherwise. You got to th- you got to think it's Gable. And I mean, I I think Mason, unfortunately plays into his strengths, Mason's going to shoot. I mean, if Mason somehow is disciplined enough to not shoot, I'm going to be shocked. And he's going to shoot, and Gable's going to hit a nice go-behinder, a nice re-attack, and score a couple points, and then, and then he's going to have to shoot again. And then say, I feel like the same thing's going to happen. So I feel like it's going to be a two- or three-takedown match. Uh, I just don't see Mason having the ability to get to Gable like most heavyweights can. Yeah. The thing I know that, like, Mike Mao was hinging on is the fact that, like, Paris destroyed Cassiope, and then it was a seven-five match. I was like, Mike, did you watch the match um, the, with the Gable mm, and Cass- Cassiope? Yeah. Paris destroyed Cassiope because Cassiope kept shooting and creating these scrambles, and then yeah. Cassiope didn't take a single attempt against <laughs> Gable. Yes, he was. He got yeah. completely exposed and knew that he would be in just as bad a position if he did it against Gable. Yeah, which which made I think both of Gable's takedowns were just like these power double legs that he fired yeah. off, but he wasn't able to get to his reattacks. But if Mason implements that strategy of attacking a lot, I think it I think he will give up those easy that's how I see it as well. I think it's a reattack game that Gable is best equipped to win. There is just yes. that freak element that Mason may possess, but I just I just don't see it yet. And I feel like I've been doubting Mason every step of the way. But uh, why not? I'm not backing off it. I th- I think it's Gable, even though I've been nothing but impressed with Mason Paris all year long. Yeah. So you you guys are both Team Gable. Who, who's Mike Mal's Team Paris? Who else is on Team? Yeah, Paris? he's just trying to he's trying to pull people over. Um, 
he's but he's still he, he's the leader of that faction right it's, now. No, David Bray. David Bray will not let go of the Zare win. Yes, because he beat that. That was that was impressive. That was I mean. That and was then really I remind, and then I remind, I really brought him down hard when I was like, yeah. And then he beat Trent Hilger three to one. Yeah, that was a great match. That was a fun match. It was. Do you know, how, you know what the score that. was between Gable and Trent Hilger? Well, I mean, Trent Trent just can't get to his legs and he shoots, and so you know, th- this is kind of what we're talking about with Gable Paris is, uh, you know, Gable hits those go behinds and reattacks, and and Trent and Ga- I'm sorry, Gable and Paris is always going to be competitive because there's going to be the scrambles there. I mean, it's a really highly competitive match in scrambles, and that's kind of – I feel like that's what it's going to look like every single time. Yeah. I'm with right. you. Okay, so heavyweight is going to be really, really fun. Um, I always just kind of root so for where, – where where, Christian, where did you finish with um, – where where did you see Kirkville I think like 12. Okay. So I hit the five and then the four, which is um, Hilger. And then the one, which could be Mason or it could be Gable. I think it should be. I think the one should be Mason Paris. Okay, that's Got my it. that's my personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> someone said, uh, Rick Novak on Twitter. I said uh, says by process Rivera should be twelve for the hundredth time. There is no process. One year I was ninety seven. Got the one number one with no Big Ten wins. Okay, all right, that's Rick Who? Novak. Uh, 197, 2010. Would that have been ba- Chad Beatty? I think. 2010? 2010. Must, yeah, remember we did be. the whiteboard work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Chad Beatty. Mm-hmm. Number one seed. Great seed, I guess. I don't know. Maybe 197 was terrible that time. Um, I think there is somewhat of a process. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's not. Okay. So we're going to have some wild seeds for sure. Um, but even wilder still is the long-promised Alien Hour with Kyle Brackett. Uh-oh. Oh, we got it right now? It's time. <laughs> it's time. Let's get get in on Kyle's close-up. Okay, so I wanted, I wanted to start – I wanted to bring it back with fire, and it really surged hoping that there, there was something recent and probably the best I could find, but it was really an interesting theory. Um, it was in the San Francisco Chronicle, but it's about uh, this guy, Andrew – Frank Noy, who is the emeritus chairman of the astronomy department at Foothill College. And essentially, he believes that, you know, we're, all, we're always looking for aliens. And when are we going to find that, like, definitive proof? He thinks they could have been here and are living with us right now. Just like, And we just don't know it because we don't know what they look like. He's like, they could be these microscopic organisms mm. or just, like, normal people. Right. It's kind of like the Russian spies. You know, you don't yeah. know they're Russian. So essentially what, why he believes this is um, he thinks that advanced civilizations could um, have sent into space these, uh, what he believes could be tiny canisters holding the, um, the germs of life programmed to incubate and grow when they encounter suitable conditions around a star. Uh-huh. So they travel <laughs> through space. And then when they get to a star or a planet or whatever that they find that they can live at, they get off of this, whatever they're traveling on. Uh But that really became plausible um, when a couple interstellar objects went zooming past Earth in 2017. Um, And they were described in the article as spinning red cigar-shaped objects. And they had two names. Um, really hard to pronounce. 
uh, Borisov and Uamuamua. That's a Hawaiian uh, fish, I'm pretty sure. I don't sure. know why they named it that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a Hawaiian fish. Um, but they were the first verified, verified sightings in human history of objects um, speeding by Earth from outside our solar system. Mm. Um, so that led... Does that mean they were alive? That doesn't mean they're a living thing. Maybe no, no, no. But that, his thing is that they're being transported on things like that through, Cig- through space. Giant Cuban cigars. Correct. Wow. Um, so that led uh, Avi Loeb, the chair of Harvard's astronomy department, to suggest... Um, Harvard's involved. Yeah. So you know it's real. <laughs> So <laughs> Johnny Julius line one. So he thinks that the shape of these objects and the way that uh, they had non gravitational acceleration could mean that it was a mechanical probe sent by alien civilization. Oh my god! All right. My favorite quote from this article <laughs> was from the Frank Noy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "I don't think we should pretend that we are the only ones, the smartest kid on the block, because very likely we aren't the smartest kid on the block." <laughs> Dude, we have like he even theorized that Earth is like another like civilization's experiment. Really? Yeah, and that they're just like watching us. Uh huh. <laughs> Dude, we got like iPhones. I'm not. I'm pretty sure we're we're not the smartest on the block. We're up there. Maybe not. But um, what if they what if they gave us the iPhone, Christian? They can give us the iPhone. You think an alien gave us the iPhone? Well, if he gave it, well, he gave it to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs gave it to us. <laughs> Where'd Steve go? What Maybe if Steve got... Jobs was an alien? That could be. Well, Steve Jobs is living in South America. Yeah, e- Elon would... Musk is definitely an alien. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Do you think aliens could be living among us right now, and we could be looking for them when they're right here the whole time? Definitely. Ch- yeah. I mean, if you subscribe to their existence, um, the idea that they would be hiding among us does make sense, but. Uh, and we just don't know what they are. We don't know what we're looking for. Ben, you're team aliens, right? Uh, I, I'm like in the middle. I, I, I don't say no way and I don't say for sure. Your team, um, something's uh, probably out there. You just don't know what it is. Ability. I don't have an inclination too hard either way. I, you know, if, if someone told me if the way it really is and someone told me that aliens gave Elon Musk some of the technology for Tesla or space, all that. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Alright. I <laughs> I'm more I like I like the stories of like, you know, the mountain hikers happening upon a half bat, half centipede man. Those are the stories that really get me me excited. The particles no, and the the Cuban missile crisis, the cigars, I, I mean This I one's too real for you. It's, too- <laughs> 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 it's literally scaring me. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Um Okay, right. wait. So, it, at, so this is funny. Someone made a comment. If one of the flow staff right now was the alien, would it be Nomad for sure, or is there someone else you guys would suspect? Hmm. Yeah, because he least subscribes to um, conventional human behavior, right? His sli- <laughs> his sleep patterns make no sense. His the logical <laughs> leaps he can make defy at times. At times, he can he can very much mask masquerade as a human and have mm-hmm. human conversations that are that make sense <laughs> but every 14 to 15 sentences he says something where you're like buddy that doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all to anyone he'd be like yeah yeah blah, blah, and he can just like go and like he can rationalize it <laughs> for his it's like for his eyes only it's for his mind only 
So I think it's obviously Nomad. It's a little too on the nose. That's what I was afraid of. It's too obvious. It's too obvious, which means, you know, maybe David Bray is like, if you're going for like the most normal one. Yeah. He is, I mean, he's he's lived in Wyoming and in, in, uh, Colorado. So, you know, there's a lot, there's been a lot of like, um, what are they called? Cryptid activity there. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. him. Just well, if, what if when Nomad goes on these journeys, he actually mm. goes back to home planet for a couple days? That could be true. Now I just think it's it's his shoddy. <laughs> but before, I was really definitely subscribed to that. Um, yeah, maybe he's going back to his home base. He's getting he's delivering reports on the things we're we're up to, and maybe we should just be thankful that Nomad chose our little slice of life for him to report back to. We're very lucky to his uh, foremost <laughs> authority in seating. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad he likes wrestling, I guess, because he's been uh, – the sport's better for it, for having the Nomad involved. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good question from Facebook. Is there anything else going on in Facebook? Eh, not too much. Not too much. Low yeah. energy. Okay. Not low energy. There are a good bit of comments, just like nothing groundbreaking. <laughs> so what if you guys – you guys are in Austin, Texas. What if one of these days you guys could get Alex Jones in the studio? <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's too far out there for me. That guy's crazy. I don't want any part of Alex Jones. He's a he's an imbalanced individual. You guys, you guys should get him to wrestle someone. That would be so fantastic. <laughs> he looks like a pretty sturdy individual. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that much. I'll give, yeah. I'll give Alex Jones that much. All right, are there any uh, duels we didn't get to hit on that we want to talk about? You know, you and I oh. lost uh, beat Wisconsin. That was I don't um, want to talk about that. That was okay. uh, Ben's doing, basically. What, what's going on there? Uh, I mean, Wisconsin ha- has a dual team where they have some weaker spots that they can lose matches. Johnny Sebastian was obviously out, but I think the big one would hinge on they're, they're struggling to get any wins at all at 97. I mean, the, the amount of dual wins they have at that weight this year is very, very low. And then the other one would be yeah. in this duel is that, well, of 41 – but 25-2, we knew that was pinned one way or the other. And Barnett almost had him headlocked it on his back. And then, sure enough, within a few minutes, Jacob Schwarm got the pin. Um, so, you know, that that's a 12-point swing, obviously, with, with Schwarm because he can go steep one way or steep the other. He has 15 wins by pinning only three decisions on the air. Here's I called that one, too. I was on fire he last did. week. You said Schwarm's mm-hmm. pinning him? Yeah. He's yeah. pinning everyone. Here's my thing. Here's why I really like Schwarm. Is like everyone does like the the ankle scoop and the cross face. He's just like guys lay flat. And he's just little <laughs> league bow and arrow cradling these dudes. Yeah. That doesn't. Who does that? No one does that. Old school little Nobody. league bow and arrow cradle. But Jay Schwarm. I love people that bring back the stuff. Like Iowa when they when they first came back with brands, they were like arm barring everyone. Like McDonough and Borschel, <laughs> they just run dudes over with arm bars, and now. That's kind of gone, but now what's coming back? Near side bow and arrow cradle. You don't see that. That's why I love it. I mean, what? Why is Schwarm able to do that? And no one else can. Because it, it really, for, for a lot of guys belly out and just go flat on people. Yeah. If everyone could just he bow must be and so arrow, strong. You, you think it's strength or leverage or something? Yeah, yeah. because Barnett's a strong dude. He just folded him up. He folds dudes up. He folded Mackle up too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yes. it's not. So many cradles are just like exchange cradles where like you don't mm-hmm. like will a cradle to happen. It's like a trick or a trap or something. Or you have the Ed Ruth, Jake Herbert version, which is like get your tricep and just run you over with a cross face. Yeah. But like him just near side crunching dudes is like amazing to me. And 
I cannot wait to watch him in NCAAs. I really can't because he's just got that crazy, freaky element. Now, he had, he got he has some bad losses. He got tech by Mackle, who he later pinned. But the dude's on a heater right now, and well, I'm kind of here What about for this, it. Christian? If I'm Doug Schwab, I'm going to his room the, the night before NCAAs, Wednesday night. I'm saying, you're going to take a first-round loss, bro. He says, what? I said, listen. I need you on the backside, just decking dudes, like well, as soon as possible. <laughs> you're losing, you're losing first round, and I need you like five pins on the backside because that's a whole bunch of points, bro. Well, if I was Doug Schwab, this is what I would do. I would just go to his room the night before, and I would say, <laughs> "I need you to get five pins on the front side." Yeah, that's even that'll... more points. <laughs> that's even more points, Dan. <laughs> See, that's why Kyle would be a way better coach than you, in my opinion. The idea, though, I think the funniest part of all this is the idea that Doug Schwab would tell any of his guys to lose ever. Um, I don't know. I, he's just an interesting. I like guys that are just have present like a crazy wrinkle where it's like this unpredictability. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what he's gonna do. Um, did you have his wrestle stat pulled up? Um, I, I did. Yeah. I, I have we, it right we talked about this yeah. last week. Give he us, had, he give us the scary pins. losses. You Tell, want scary losses? Calm me down. Calm I'll give me you down, scary losses. I'm about to put Schwarm in the semis. Bro. A 20 to four tech fall loss to Alex Mackle. Okay, that was old Schwarm. A that five, was his first match. A five one loss to Michael Diacostino. Okay. A 19 good. to 10 loss to Brandon Courtney. Ooh. Another loss to Michael Diacostino. Four two and Sun victory. And then the worst one is an eight one loss to Nolan Hellickson. I'm not sure who that is. This is for Harvard. And then um, he got pinned by Chris Cannon at Midlands. Oh, my gosh. Lost to Danny Vega, 10-6, and the loss to Pitch is fine. He lost to Vega, 10-6? Okay. All right, help me out. Get get me back in. Who else has he pinned? He's pinned right, like 16. Everybody. You want back in? I uh, pinned Alex Mackle. Oh, he's Jacob pinned a bunch Camacho. of dudes, but they're not like Did he beat Punky? Dudes. Dak yeah. Punky. Real. Yeah, 3 0. 3 0. What happened in that one? All right. So, all right, that cooled me down a little bit. He might not make the semis. <laughs> so, but, you're telling me he should lose first round like my idea? <laughs> I think, Ben, these things, how do I say this? These things have a way of taking care of themselves. I don't think there's any danger of Jay Schwarm making too long of a run on the front side. I'm saying, Jay, you're my backside assassin, baby. I need you. <laughs> You know, lose his first one. This is our decking dudes all the way back. You need to be a Division One head coach, Ben, because I, I need you to start <laughs> implementing some of the zaniness. Schwarm, <laughs> just get on the backside. Uh, <laughs> hey, I know what I know. One thing we I wanted to talk about, which we, I don't believe we may have brought it up for like a split second, um, and I brought this up last Thursday. And Kyle, you kind of brought me back a little bit. I said I was really disappointed by the season that Ja'Cory Teamer was having. And Kyle said, well, if he wins both his matches this weekend, he's sitting pretty nice. He won both his matches last yeah, weekend. He did. So he beat Josh Humphreys and AC Headley. I mean, it's looking like now with those two wins, he's probably going to be a top 10 guy going to NCAA as long as he doesn't crap the bed at Pac-10s. And he should be set at Pac-12s. Who who are, would be his biggest competition at that? Oh, hang no on, idea. we just updated rankings. He's pulling it up right now. Uh, yeah, he is, he is fine. Yeah, he should win that. And where is he where is he currently ranked, Kyle? Um 12th, I want to say. Yeah. He I feel like early on he had I'm pulling over right now. He had some not great losses. I mean, at Journeyman he did not look great. 15th. He, yeah, he lost the lead yeah, guy. Yeah. He has a loss to Justin McCoy, 
uh, Justin Thomas, Peyton Rob. I'm gonna tell you right now, he's one of those guys you do not want to see. You don't, you don't want to see him. He's got, I mean, yeah. he's got leg attacks, but his his pinning ability with his cradles is makes him makes him scary, and he's really talented. I've always liked Teamer. He hasn't had a great start to the season, but if he if he starts figuring out and putting it together, it's a dangerous weight class. You know, that's someone like yes. If you think about a Caleb Young, if you think about some of those top really good guys, guys that are definitely better. But you're just like, gosh, keep him away from Jacory Teamer, right? Because it's just, there's <laughs> For that, real. There's that element that he brings that is kind of horrifying. Yeah. He's good. He's one of those guys that if he catches a heater, right? If he starts wrestling well at the right time, you know, I was disappointed because he had he had done so well to this point. But if if he starts turning it on, it, skill for skill, he could beat a lot of these dudes. I mean, you look at the the. Gatekeepers for All American status: Number eight, Will Luan; Number nine, Marcus Hartman; ten, Josh Humphreys; eleven, Wyatt Sheets, who has been very up and down. Then Zach Carson rounds out the top twelve from Ohio. I mean, who? Gotta be careful. Gotta (laughs) gotta be a little careful with the Bobcats. But uh, I'm just saying, um, if you could trade guys, you might take uh, Corey versus uh, Zach Carson. Zach Carson, pretty good scrambler, underrated athlete. Mm -hmm. I think he's he's got some tools. I, I like him anytime I've watched him. So, yeah, Ja'Cory Teamer kind of coming along because he beat Headley, and who was his other win? Uh, Humphreys. Josh Humphreys. Oh, yeah, Josh Humphreys. And a couple weeks ago, he beat um, Jared Jockeys to kind of kick off this, this stretch. Yep. Yeah. All right, so he's coming along. That's Won his last eight. I have a weird seating thing. As I was thinking about, uh, you know, someone like Kirk Fleet or, or Sebastian Rivera, like the tr- – the idea of seeding is like separating guys so you're benefiting the the top seeded wrestlers that have earned good standing with the bracket by having a good having a lot of good results. What if what if like the top seed got to like sort of choose the bracket, almost dresser it a little bit? Like you get to move guys. And I was like, he's like, no, I don't want Kirk Fleet. No, Kirk Fleet. I don't care if he's a twelve or whatever he's by process. Get him out of here. You get you have a little more uh, say of like. Moving some guys where you want them to be, I think that would be a, a cool wrinkle that would never happen. Like if we're gonna talk, if you get to bring up insta death, I'm gonna bring up. Uh, well, what about up the bracket? Oh, okay, I don't, I don't hate it. Here's here, here, I don't hate it at all. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweak it just a little bit because okay. if the top, if the number one guy gets to pick everybody, no. then that's not so good because they put everyone on the other side. What if number one and two, like a draft, gets to throw dudes in the brackets wherever they want? You get one veto power. Okay, or oh yeah, that or that. Oh, like, sna- yeah. like drafting back and forth. Like, All right. Yeah. I get bring up uh Parker. All right, I'll take Hayob. Okay, and then on down. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, I'm down with that. Great idea. That'll be fun. All right, so we fixed that problem too. <laughs> All right. Why don't we get to some uh get to some questions from friends, Ben? We haven't done it in three whole days. They probably think that we're not friends anymore, but we're definitely still your friends, guys. We yeah. Haven't been able to do this, and we miss it so much. Okay, we asked. What'd you say? Oh man, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing this heavyweight. I didn't scroll through. I'm seeing this heavyweight uh, thing that you posted. The bottom of the Big Ten is ooh, it's rough. It's a it's a it's among the tougher scenes out there. Um, <laughs> some oh, if Bracky runs the show every time you're you're done, does that make him the Mike Ten- Pence of FRL? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't want to be Mike Pence. No, you're not Mike Pence. I wanted to clear the. Who do you air. want to be? Yeah, who I don't do you know. want to be? Someone cooler than that. 
Who's cooler Miles than Mike Trump? Pence? Who are you? <laughs> uh, I don't know politics well enough to. You're, you're Trump, Donald, Don Jr. <laughs> are, are, are you Bernie? You're Bernie. No, oh God. My God. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about politics. Probably shouldn't even ask that question. Uh, <laughs> what is na- naming people? Beto. He's Beto. Oh no! Sorry, I'm. I shut up. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. All right. If Zahid comes back, are his hot chances shot based on the suspension's impact on his sportsmanship score? Well, if he comes back, he basically missed no time, but like one or two duels. Um, He cannot. You cannot win the Hodge with a suspension in the air. I I just I just feel that I don't I don't know that's true. Really? I mean, you can, but in my opinion, you should not. I I, never ever ever had this happen. This would be this would be a first, right? Never happened before. I, I think if you get suspended for recreational drug use, you should not win the hot. <laughs> Just my, but call me old school. Aren't they essentially saying that if they let him back with uh, well, he he'll miss one match or two matches? Aren't they essentially saying that it was no big deal? So shouldn't yeah. the rankers say it's no big deal? Uh, they can say recreational drug use is no big deal. I don't have to agree with that. I say you know you what? Vote, no, right? huh? You have a vote. You have a vote, yeah. Because yeah. I won the Hodge. Like, yeah. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I just don't think he's coming back, so I think it's yeah. kind of a non-issue. So crazy. So crazy that that's, like, really what's yeah. what's happening. Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't – what's the – Felix Suzek, sorry. Uh, also, I think the Michigan Dogman needs a revisit on Alien Hour. The danger rating was Uh-oh. too low. In the song, it literally kills people things out of fear. It's unstoppable. My biggest childhood fear had to plug my ears when the song came on the radio around Halloween. Well, I'll I, be honest. I don't remember. This. I don't know the song. I remember the Michigan Dogman, but it was it was had such a low KBDR because it had no <laughs> it had no bodies. And you got to have a body count if you want a like, KBDR. I mean, the Pope Lick Monster was literally taking bodies even after I presented on it. Yes. Um. <laughs> Before, during, and after. Yeah. Yeah. It, but the Michigan Dogman has no bodies. Like, pitbulls are more dangerous than the Michigan Dogman actual at this dogs. point. Yeah. yeah, actual dogs are more dangerous. Now, I'll, like I said, I had not heard a song or was aware that there was a song that could add to the folklore of it. Yes. Uh, maybe the intimidation factor of it. But that doesn't get you more than a couple tenths in the KBDR. Yeah, you're maybe looking at maybe a point bump. <laughs> One point bump max <laughs> because of the song. Yeah. Um, Thriller didn't do anything for zombies. No. You know? No. And, and that was an iconic pop song, so who knows? Um, what changes, if any, could be made to allotment system for NCAA qualifiers? System right now is, in my opinion, the best ever, but always room for improvement. I I really do like the, the allotment system. I remember talking – I didn't know much about the old system. I talked a little bit about, about it with Bader because he was kind of explaining how he – Never qualified for NCAs, but probably with this system he would have. So I know it was, mm-hmm. used to be much worse, um, but I'm not sure how you can get it a whole lot better, Ben. What do you think? I agree. I love, I love the, the new system. So the old system essentially would take, uh, I, I think, a five-year aggregate of how the conference did and then a lot seeds by that, which obviously, you know, the, the difficulty of conferences can change in five years, obviously. So – um, the fact that this year, th- this current system figures into this year's stuff, I love it. Um, you know, I don't have any problems with it, so I didn't think of any changes off the top of my head. And, and so, no, I don't have anything. I like it. I think it's great. 
Uh, I would change the 32 instead of 33, like you mentioned earlier, because that, that does bug me. Um, but no, no other problems. Good. I didn't think so either. Who's the best good wrestler to have a bad gas tank from Sparky Sparky Boom Man? This is obvious. We talked about this yesterday. Spencer <laughs> Lee. Spencer okay. freaking Lee. I, w- I went off. I should be his PR guy. I, w- I, told, I, I, te- I text you guys a bunch of lines. I'd, say, I'd be Spencer Lee. I'd be saying, listen, I don't need seven minutes of gas. It only takes me three to get most of these dudes out of here. I'd be talking I, all kinds of trash. I feel like, no, I don't feel like he. N- name a match. You have to lo- be Nick, losing matches Nick late Nini. to have a Two bad gas ago. tank. Two days ago. No, no, no. no. He's, literally, he's literally so good that it doesn't matter that he gets so tired. He's that I, good. I will submit to you uh, Musakayev, the no longer Russian-Russian. Oh, that was good. That guy, has a, that guy has an abysmal. That guy gets tired in the first <laughs> minute and a half. The stuff he can do in 90 seconds blows my mind. What a freak athlete that guy is and how good he is at wrestling. But he that is a bad gas tank. You want to talk about ability with horrible? I mean, well, that's like. Hold What's on, like? let me draw a graph here. Oh, he's about if to draw. We draw oh, no, we're drawing. We got we graphs. Draw, we need a telescope right, for that. If we draw a bell curve right here, uh huh. Musakayev is like right there. Like he is like you don't get worse than that. He is like <laughs> the in the in a point zero one percentile. Like he has he, he, like, horrible physical you fitness. You get worse. Yes. Yeah. Well, exactly I think right. I think he is a. Uh, has a much worse gas tank. I think someone like, if you think think collegiately, Anthony Mantanona does not have a good gas tank. Uh, but he is. I think he's a really good skilled wrestler. But he gets super tie tie. Decatur, Decatur, definitely. Decatur's going. Decatur gets tired. Yeah, but listen, if Mantanona or Decatur could score like sixteen points every first period, we might not be that worried about them. They, I mean, literally, Spencer Lee is the best three minute wrestler in the history. Of America, there's no doubt about that. I, it really is tired. I read this question. I did not think I. It didn't come to mind that we would be. Talking he about he should again. not be. Spencer should not be ashamed of getting tired. He should say, "Listen, I am the best three minute wrestler ever. You guys can't stop me. Deal with it." It's like when my friends make fun of me for being slow. I don't say, "No, I'm really fast," because they <laughs> see that I'm slow. I don't try to argue. No, no, I'm re- I'm really fast. You guys are lying. I'm really no. Listen, I'm slow as molasses. You guys got me. Ha ha ha. It's funny. Doesn't matter. I just keep wrestling, get them tired, right? So listen, we're all built in different bodies. Let's just talk about what we have. Spencer Lee is the best sprinter ever, ever in American wrestling. He is fantastic. No one scores in the first period like Spencer Lee. If he gets a little tired, eh, so what? It definitely so what. Okay. <laughs> all right. Is is how close is Keegan O'Toole to beating Ben Askren? Can we get this match at the next who's number one? Asks Joseph not, Floyd. Not, he's a high school kid. Not very. <laughs> not very close at all. Can he score on you without you letting him? Probably not. I mean, we we haven't we haven't. I I don't wrestle with high school kids like that where it's like okay, I'm gonna try to really jack you up. But I you yeah, know, I just play around with them. Uh, he's very, very good, but it's still, he's 160 pounder. I'm like, uh, I, listen, I haven't got a skill since I retired, but I'm probably 195 right now. He's probably 165. So I got 35 pounds. I got old man strength. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it wouldn't be highly competitive, but yeah, I mean, he's really, really good. It's just, there's just, I'm, I'm an old man. Uh, I'm hit bigger than him. It's just not, it's not fair. You're also maybe a little better with the whole. With the whole wrestling thing. Yeah. He's a high school he's a high school kid. He's gonna get really good, but he's, it's a high school kid. Yeah. 
So, all right, we'll revisit the Keegan O'Toole thing maybe in a couple years. Yeah, a couple years. That's fair. Killing it. Uh, ben Randolph wants to know, will Amos-Ferrari be the next great college rivalry? Are there any other rivalries that are up and coming to you? I don't know. Um, I don't know if it will be. I think it on paper it looks like it could be a really good option because uh, they're both really good. But I'm wondering a couple things. Will they be at the same weight? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's mm-hmm. extreme variance. And, you know, AJ may want to be a heavyweight. And Braxton, I think Braxton is a guaranteed career 197-pounder. I don't think he ever goes up to heavy. I'd be really surprised if he went down to 84. I think Ferrari could be anywhere in there, right? I think he could be up at heavyweight, maybe spend a little time at 97. Um, I know it's been thrown around, but you hit even him down at 84 at different points in time, which seems crazy to me, but you never know. Um, and he's going to Oklahoma State where they, they like him a little on the leaner side. But So I don't know where they'll put him, but I think heavyweight makes sense for Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, and – the trend that they've been going on with these smaller, athletic, heavy. more athletic, better wrestler heavyweights than just big guys. Uh, and yeah, as you, we talked because we had a question about Braxton last week um, about whether people saw whether we saw him as a title threat uh, as a freshman. That's kind of interesting. We all said that we thought he was going to redshirt, and we don't really have any speculation on that. It just feels like the right move for Braxton. Um, but I don't. What are you? What are your thoughts on that? I really like Braxton. I think he's super yeah. talent. I think when Colin graduates, there's there's a, a void there. Right. Uh, I think Michael Beard's really good and going to be good. And I think Jacob Warner's not going anywhere. He'll have two years left. Um, but I, I think if you redshirt him and he comes out the next year, he is he is mm-hmm. super skilled. I, I'm re- I'm really high on Braxton as I think he's I think he's athletic. I think he has a lot of skill. And I think most of all, I think he loves it and he's an adult already. I think he's a really mature, good kid. And I think that can really serve you well for your college career. I think Ben could definitely attest to that. Just like it's important to you. You're mature and you're going to work hard. You're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Hey, um, let's, so we're talking about future rivals. Can we say, can we mention college guys already? Yeah, do it. Or is it? Or is it I mean, like, the, so obviously the heavyweights, right? That that whole group of young heavyweights we have is, mm-hmm. and they're all in the Big Ten are, are fantastic. So you have Stevenson, Hilger, Paris, uh, Cassiope, and now possibly uh, Kirkland also, right? So that group, Kirkland, sorry, that that group of five is is awesome, and they're just gonna keep wrestling each other because they're all really young. And then the other one is, that's gonna be fun watching the next couple of years is the Bolin, Hidley. Von Corsi, they're all in the ACC. They're all really young. I don't really foresee any of them changing weight classes. Hmm. Um, and those matches are also really good and really fun. So that, that's a couple um, that I just kind of am watching now and think as these are going to keep developing into really good rivalries. If we get three years of DeSanto RBY, that's pretty juicy too. Ooh, that's I'm, true. It would have been great. You know what could have been? It could have been the all-time, all-time. Maybe not all-time, all-time. But if Seabass stayed at 25 – and him and Spencer, because they've gone back and forth. Yes. Sebastian beat him twice last year. Spencer beat him twice the year before. <laughs> two and two, I believe. So they're two and two against each other. That's one thing. So you need a couple things for a great rivalry. You need to be at an extremely high level. You have to have some semblance yep. of back and forth, right? And yeah. I think, and then the star power that both those guys bring, I think would have made that an amazing one. I am, I am disappointed that Sebastian went up to. 33, though, obviously, if you if you grow and you're 
you've got D'Agostino, it makes sense for their team, and possibly Rivera, who could probably seize his opportunities just as good, if not better, at 133 to win that way. But I would love to have seen four years of those guys just going back and forth and just yeah. knowing every single time they wrestled. I mean, the the Big Ten match where they, they wrestled in their freshman year, that was kind of like definitely the most boring match. Like Spencer absolutely dominated and controlled that one. But all the other matches were uber exciting and like just a lot of really mm-hmm. high-level exchanges. So, holy cow. That's too bad we won't have that one. And that's all. Yeah. That's about all I can well, think of. Well, hold the the only th- the other thing about rivalries too is the fact. You know, I picked the group of Big Ten heavyweights and the group of ACC one eighty fours. Is you got to wrestle each other fairly frequently, and so uh, Amos will be at Wisconsin, Ferrari will be at Oklahoma State. You know, those guys they're not going to see each other a whole bunch of times. No, basically not till NCAA's. I don't think we'd see the way their schedules go right now. Yeah, they don't hit. Wisconsin usually doesn't go to. Scuffle, Oklahoma State usually doesn't yeah. go to Midlands. Yeah. So it'll be tough tough for them to do that. Um, yeah. Okay. Any other questions I'm missing before we before we get out of here? Maybe a little early here on a, on a Thursday. Um, let's see. Anything else? Well, what are we going to talk about next week? Because we'll I guess we'll just be previewing because there's, not, there's no wrestling, no college wrestling this weekend. Yeah, so we'll get allocations today. And then um, Ooh, nice. we'll start getting uh, – Pre-seeds for these tournaments. So, and pre-seeds hardly ever actually change. Um, yeah. So we'll be able to start actually talking about physical matchups, uh, not just projecting. Yeah, we haven't talked much about the, uh, uh, or maybe y'all did when I was gone, but the Olympic trials qualif or the Olympic qualifier, not the Olympic trials qualifier, the Pan Ams in Ottawa. I mean, we're sending our our own alien uh, wrestling <laughs> nomad there to Canada. Um, <laughs> He's, he's been able to travel overseas before. So r- right now the roster is Dayton, Zane, David Taylor, and Quiz for men's freestyle. Hildebrandt, Winchester, Marulis, Miracle for women's. And then Greco, Ildar, Coleman. Good job, El- Ildar. Ellis Coleman. Good job, Ildar. Pat Smith, Joe Rao, Jangelo Hancock, and Adam Kuhn. We do not have any weights qualified in Greco. Let me ask you this, guys: Is uh, there is two? There's two Pan Ams, two weekends in a row. Is No Man staying for both? No, he's got to go. Doing the, just doing the qualifier. Exactly, he's coming back for NCAA's, and he's dude. His his next couple weeks are crazy. He's doing. He's home this weekend. He's got EIWA's, EIWA's Pan Am Olympic qualifier, NCAA's, NHSCA's Olympic trials, five straight weeks. Well. Hey, wait, Christian, I, yes. I'm confused here. I thought the qualifier, not the championships, but the qualifier was the same weekend as the Big Tens, and that's why Seabass wasn't going. Isn't the qualifier the same weekend as the Big Tens? No. The qualifier and is March 13th not. through 15th. So why does Seabass C- go to that? Because it's crazy. Because the idea well, of be going crazy, big Seabass. The idea of going Big Tens, um, Olympic qualifier, c- coming down to 125. And then NCAA is going back up to 133. I think they're like that's that's uh that's wild. And maybe they okay. they say hey we got one shot at it. it's the last chance let's let's make it happen. But let's win NCAA's first kind of thing. That's my thought. I I think it'd be crazy to try to come down eight pounds and then be back up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to win NCAA's? Are you trying to? I think that's really t- plus the international travel. Even though it's Canada, I don't know. I think it would put him in a really yeah. international travel to go to Ottawa. Hey, 
Listen. Where is Ottawa? I don't even know. Where is it up there? No one actually knows. No one actually knows where Ottawa is. Nomad only knows because he's an alien, and they just know all that stuff. Yeah, they just have that geographic sense about them. So Ottawa, all right, it's it's Canada's capital. Did you know that? Nope. All right, well, we learned that much. All right, none of y'all knew that either. Okay, it's literally right above New York. Yeah, so let's chill out with international international. It's probably – it's closer – it's probably just as close as uh, NCA's is. For, it's New York. It's basically New York. Yeah. So Ottawa's in New York. Canada's not real. <laughs> Canada's That's not a real. direct flight from O'Hare. Easy. He makes that. It's like an hour and a half flight, it looks like. All right. Hey, but flying over the lake, it's, there's, there is a physical toll of knowing you're leaving your home nation that cannot be accounted for, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So that's Pan Am Olympic qualifier. I'm fired up for that. That's going to be um, – wild okay we ready to go let's call it i I got nothing else okay cool kyle grover in the back feel free free to play us out we'll be back well shoot they do the friday frl so you can listen to that i don't know who it'll be this this week it'll probably be bray and nomad or Mm -hmm. some combination of that but we'll be back tuesday come heck or high water to talk about all the big 10 we'll probably we can do a tuesday headline but mine will be Kirk Fleet's in for Big Tens. Oh, that's a good one. That's going to be tough. Keegan to O'Toole wins the fourth title. That's Ooh. obvious. Wow, shocking. Go Keegan. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> the boy in the country is going to win his state tournament. Bracky or Ben putting his neck all uh, the way out by there. By Tuesday headline, PHS upset South wins the West Virginia state tournament. Ooh, go PHS. Go Big <laughs> Reds. Sorry, Braxton Amos. <laughs> Kyle Bracky doesn't believe in your, no, your you'll squad. No, still, you'll still win your state title. But... But maybe not. All right. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next time.